We're going to have a chat with the uh, with the winemaker at uh, Saltram on the Pepperjack brand. Good morning to you, Richard Matner. Hi, Simon. How are you? Well, thanks, mate. Um, so, uh, Pepperjack is a brand that that everyone would have seen um, quite prominently uh, at retail. But the, when you start looking under the hood, there's quite a bit more to it, and there's a good there's a cool story behind it. You've uh, you've been involved for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be involved since 2007, but um, I've known the brand for quite a while. So, yeah, it's really, really quite an interesting brand. Um, so, uh, we, uh, so just in a little bit of research I did, um, did it, is it true that it started in 96? Yeah, so it started, was yeah, so it was started in 96 as a um, modern contemporary uh, on-premise brand for under the Sultrum's portfolio. Um, basically, we released a, a small parcel of Shiraz for the on-premise market, and um, it's grown from there. And it really has evolved, and that's what we'll we'll come to as we have this chat. Um, just that the range has sort of has really um, developed, but it's you've also um, really sort of tied it to to the the um, I suppose to cooking a steak and having a red, and and that really. You know, Australian thing, I guess. Um, to uh, you know, we we love our barbies, and and to find a red that will sit up against that, you know, charred meat and things, um, it, you know, to have an easy go to is is a great thing. Yeah, it is, and I suppose that was that was the whole premise around the brand was um, because Saltrums uh, initially was probably struggling a little bit in on-premise, you know, to go in on-premise and have it with a meal, have Pepper Jack with a meal um, and really drive uh, the brand around matching to food. And, and certainly we've done that and created a few wines really well to match um, with different red cups of meat. Um, so you've been, did you say seven, uh, 2014? Or when did you... Um... 2014. 2007, I started on Seven, Pepper Jack. Seven, sorry. Okay. Yep. Um, so over that time, it's um, how has the how has that wine sort of evolved? Obviously, it came. So we, just in case people aren't um, understanding our terminology for you know trade um, of on prem. So on premise means um, restaurants and um, you know pubs and things. Um, yep. So it's, it it emerged out of there into the more into the mainstream, didn't it? Um, yeah. Once you sort of made a made a name for it? Yeah, so it's been about five years um, in bars and cafes and clubs and pubs and restaurants. Um, and then, yeah, basically took the, the Shiraz and Cabernet at that stage um, to the greater market. And, um, yeah, it's gone from strength to strength. Um, and so along that line of, uh, you know, pairing it with, with a good steak, um, it's uh, you've, you've now started expanding the range haven't you and, and there's a there is actually now a bottle that will particularly go with a scotch fillet and and then a, a one that'll go with a with a porterhouse as well yeah so back in 2012 my marketer actually challenged me to um create a couple of wines to match specifically to um just to the i suppose australia's two favorite cups of steak and um we sat down with uh our head chef at the Saltram's Kitchen um, uh, and basically sat there and talked about steak and not wine for about four hours and 
I got the perspective from the chef and how he describes, I suppose, a cut of meat and a, and a steak and, and the flavours that they're supposed to have. And then I went away and actually created these two, uh, created the two grated wines, the one for the Scotch Villa and one for the Porterhouse, um, with that flavour profile in mind and worked um, backwards, really. And, yeah, it's quite interesting when you do it that way. So can you, can you outline a little bit, without the four hours of detail, because we don't have that time, but, um, and I'm sure you are having some reds as well along that way, um, but um, just the, what, what was the chef's t- um, take on the difference between, say, a Scotch fillet and a porterhouse? Because we've, we all have had them, and, um, but maybe haven't really thought about you know, what a Scotch is bringing. Um, you know, if, if you're choosing one or the other, what, what job is each one needing to do or wanting to do? Yeah, so um, being a steak lover, I just found this really interesting. And I suppose from a chef's perspective, you, you get a porterhouse, and everyone knows that the porterhouse is a leaner, a leaner cut of meat with just the fat around the um, the outside, which most people don't eat. So when you truck, you taste that, it is more meaty, more gamey. It's not as, I suppose, fluid in the palate as as such. It's it's the flavour sits more in the middle of your mouth and doesn't really extend out. Whereas with the Scotch fillet, you've got that a lot, probably a lot more marbling, but you've got the eye of fat um, in the middle of the steak that when it cooks, it car- that fat caramelises into the steak and adds extra flavour. So when you're actually eating it, the, the meat and gaminess of the steak actually flows all the way through your mouth and gives it a real coating of flavour. Mm-hmm. So uh, matching the wines to that, you're certainly looking to enhance flavours and, and the richness of the flavour of the meat that then gives more length and depth depending on which state you're actually eating. Yeah, so so this is a challenge around um, what's going to handle fat as far as acid and tannin and that sort of thing. Is that Would that be right? That, that's exactly right. So mm-hmm. one's about... Um, adding some length and drive to the meat and taking it from just being in the middle of the palate to actually filling the palate around. So you want, um, so with that porterhouse, you want something that's got a really lovely line um, of, of acid and tannin that, that certainly lengthens uh, and widens the, um, the flavour. Whereas with the, the scotch fillet, you're looking for something that actually works with that fattiness and the richness of the flavour of the meat and just build on that. So you're looking for something that's got a lot more fruit, a bit more depth, a lot more tannin to actually balance out that fat and give you a real, I suppose, sensation of, of what the flavours are like. Mm. Well, I think you've just given us all the challenge for the week. Um, <laughs> so can we, can, if we go to Dan's or you know any of the, the chain bottle shops, can we get hold of these graded wines? So the graded wines are in um, independent liquor stores. Okay. So they're they're in your bottle marks, the sip and saves, the thirsty camels, um, those sort of retail outlets. They're okay. not in the in the dance. We've actually created um, a wine for the the dance and coals. Um, one's a Shiraz Cabernet called Certified, with the same premise, but using um, Cabernet and Shiraz as a balanced wine uh, for the Certified to do a similar thing but sort of match to a 
a more bigger range of red meats rather than specific cuts in particular. Yep. And then the one we've done for the um, first choice liquor, liquor land, those sort of places, is a Cabernet Shiraz, so working the other way and oh, yeah. going for a more fattier style. So. Oh, that's, in- that's interesting. So uh, you can everyone can go to the Pepper Jack website and, and, and get the list of all of these, but I really, I'd love that. So McLaren Vale Shiraz matches with your Scotch fillet. And yep. then, then you've got a Langhorn Creek Shiraz for the Porterhouse. I think that yep. that's a cracker that that idea to um to line up. Um, I actually, just in the name of research, of course, Richard, I had um uh, I had a cellar release um Shiraz, just the the normal uh, Pepper Jack range. So yep. it was a fourteen that you can get at Dan's at the moment. So obviously they have done they've done the, the uh, cellaring for us. And then the eighteen is the current release. Um, so That's putting correct. those two against each other was, was interesting. Gee, that 14 looks amazing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because most of the pepper jack that gets bought nowadays, people go in, they're looking for something that they, they know and love and, and go and buy it and basically drink it for within 24 hours. So when people actually see a, wine, um, see a back vintage release um, and they try it, they realise that if they actually go and buy not just one bottle but a six-pack, they can actually let them sit down in their, their mm. wine cellar and, and bring them out and they've got good ageability about them as well. Yeah, definitely. The, the, you could just see the difference in the length. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, vintages obviously will change year to year, but has the style changed since 14 to, to 18? Um, I'd, you know, I suppose most pepper jack drinkers um, like to see consistency year on year um, and that's my biggest challenge year in year out is to actually try and keep the style as consistent as possible um, certainly each vintage does throw up a different um, conditions, different um, I suppose ripening conditions um, different flavour profiles but I'm lucky enough that we source from for that Barossa Shiraz and the Barossa Cabernet we source the length and breadth of the Barossa to be able to try and keep that style as consistent as possible. So, mm. so you would expect the 18, you know, when it's got six years of age on it, that it would be, it would be carrying that, that that length would be there, and it would be, it would be, um, yeah, similar to what we can see in the 14 now. Yeah, I'd certainly like to think that that's that's certainly the case. Yeah, mm. 18 was a certainly a big vintage, a rich vintage, so certainly see that it's got some ageability about it. Excellent. That's good Good. Uh, good for us no, to, uh, to be able to um, look forward to. Um, now, the, the other range that you have, have brought out, which is interesting, I like the, the fact that you have actually gone... So, for instance, with your Melbeck, you actually went to Argentina, didn't you, to to sort of really understand how they're making it over there? Yeah, so um, it's been a bit of a process uh, to get the Malbec um, released. So we, we looked at initially doing it here from here in Australia, but we found the conditions, I suppose the climatic conditions, didn't always present well to be able to do something consistently with, I suppose, the volumes that we were looking at wanting to do. Um, and in 2016, I actually did a study trip over there with one of our viticulturists to see whether we could work out why we weren't getting the consistency that we probably expected um, from our parts of the Malbec here in Australia. Um, and I didn't realise how big 
the Argentinian um, air, and certainly the Mendoza region from Argentina actually was. Um, so we got discussing that back here and actually talking about doing a Malbec from Argentina and just prior to Christmas last year I did a, a quick trip over there to talk to some of the people that uh, and some suppliers over there that um, we could actually work with to actually create a Malbec from Argentina to Papajac. Wow. So we, did you have much time on the ground in the, the winemaking process or was it more setting up the, the team to sort of do it your way but um, on the ground themselves? Yeah, certainly it was more a case of um, setting it up on the ground over there and, and feeling confident with... Um, a few producers over there and seeing what they do and how they do it and mm. getting to know the vineyards that they're sourcing from. So I spent um, spent a week over there basically going around and looking at vineyards, looking at soils and then tasting wines and, and trying to work through that and come up with a, um, a blend that I was certainly comfortable with releasing both stylistically and quality levels um, under Pepper Jack and, and building up relationships with those guys over there to be able to to make the wine as I see fit for Pepper Jack, but also at the quality level. Um, apparently sold out already? Yeah, yeah. it certainly sold out faster than we expected. Um, we took a, a, a punt on a volume that we thought would be um, enough to see us through for certainly a 12-month period, and, and that certainly hasn't, hasn't come to an effect. Uh, so what, do we have to wait till Christmas time again, or um, um, what do you got in in place for us? So so we've already been uh, working with those guys again, and we've got some, some wine on a ship on the way, on the way over, yeah. and we'll hopefully have it out um, early in December. Excellent. Oh, well, that's something to look forward to. Um, now, you've also, in the same sort of um, range or same idea, you've got a Sangiovese and a Grenache. Um, the Sange, did you um, have another trip overseas? or um... Um, The Sange is currently um, produced from the Barossa, Pathaway and Simitharaba. Mm-hmm. So we've actually sourced that locally. Um, and again, um, this is gone gangbusters. Um, really didn't expect this to go as, I'm not so much as well, but we certainly didn't expect it to sell quite as quickly as what um, as what it did. Um, so we're now looking at, you know, if consistent volumes coming out of Australia can't deliver the, the volume that we require after seeing the growth already, um, we'll look at potentially doing something from overseas and out of our uh, one of the wineries that we own over in Italy and we'll mm. potentially try and source from there. All right. That's, it, it's amazing. So obviously there's a um, there's a real well, appetite is, you know, a word. Um, it's for for these different things out of a trusted brand, I guess. Yeah, yeah certainly, you know, people are experimenting with, not just Shiraz and Cabernet anymore. They're looking for these alternate varieties. Um, and I suppose Pepper Jack's lucky enough to have a really great following and people know that they can trust the... Well, hopefully they know they can trust the brand, that the consistency and quality will be there, whether it's the Shiraz, the Cabernet, or these alternate varieties that we're, we're releasing to 
bring in a not just a new market but grow on the market that we've already got. Mm. Oh, well done. It's um, as I said, it's it's a brand that we all walk past, you know, at the bottle shop, but we don't really understand quite, you know, the depth to the story and that sort of thing. And and of course, the the name comes from from the pepper trees, which are this, you know, well, they're certainly at Saltram in in Anguston, but they're they're all through the Barossa, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So we're we're lucky enough that the name was uh, based around um, the pepper trees and the um, seeds that's on there is the what well, the, it's called the jack so the masking team at the time put the two together and yeah it's just um, a great name that goes so well with so the brand thoroughly barossa even down to the winemaker who was born and bred there and and the viticulturalist who's been there since the start of the brand the, the launch of the brand so um well done good to, a great story yeah, thanks, Simon. All right, mate. I'll uh, definitely going to track down the uh, the Scotch fillet and the porterhouse wines and um, see how well you've done. <laughs> All right, I look forward to some feedback. Good one, mate. Thank you. All right. thanks, thanks, Simon. See you, Richard. Bye bye. So, Richard Matner, uh, winemaker for Pepperjack.